The Lannisters send her regards. I am the one who knocks. Die with him! <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of Binge Flicks and Chill. Um, I got my guy B.A. on this evening, following with producer Low. Of course, we had to discuss euphoria. We wanted to talk about all the ridiculous amounts of sex, drugs, and all that stuff. We talked mostly about season one, alluded to some things in season two, and made sure that it was entertaining, to say the least, because I don't know about y'all, but high school wasn't like that for me. So... We want to discuss all those things and make sure that it was entertaining for you. So tune in and enjoy another episode of Binge Flicks and Motherfucking Chill. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, hopefully not too young. We are talking today, of course, about one of the craziest shows Ever. That's why I have to say, you, you know, this might be TVMA. You got to watch out because apparently it's supposed to be high schoolers and shit, but <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know. Um, I am your illustrious host, uh, Binge Flicks and Chill. This is E-Ray, the quasi-bad guy, the Diet Coke of evil. Uh, I would say a lot of other random names that I could produce right now, but we'll probably go with uh, Macho Man Vandal Savage as one of my favorites. And I am joined today by producer Low, producer Low in the house. Big producer Low, you know what I'm saying? Big Hollywood skeet, skeety green, skeeting cigar, skeet wick, skeet Belichick, take the air out the ball just so I can flex. You know what I'm saying? Skeeter Bell, Professor Skeet, Pod Lord, Infamous, Mafia, Mafia, yeah, 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 all that, all that. <laughs> and uh, he, he's gonna be on the ones and twos and the threes and the fours, all that shit, you know. And, uh, you know, of course, as this show has went this whole season, we have always tried to match our guests to the topic. Um, what better than to bring uh, an old colleague of mine, high school alumni, Maple Heights High, greatness is in the air. We got B.A. on, on, the, on the line. What's going on, B.A.? What up, what up, what up, everybody? Uh, <laughs> For another binge flicks and chill episode, um, Black IRS, as I'm known on me and E-Ray's other venture, uh, <laughs> let me book the territory. But here I'm just known as BA. But what's up, y'all? The tax man, the tax man coming, y'all. The tax the man tax here. Man. Don't let him in here. Yeah. Tell him we ain't here. Right. Here for the here for them dollars. No. Nah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta bring you gotta bring the gimmick everywhere you go. Got like, you, man. Hey, I'm I'm Black IRS. Everywhere. Gotta keep kayfabe alive, baby. Hey, no, Fact. when you order chicken wings and stuff, and, and they acting funny with you, you be like, you know, I could come in here and audit this whole shit, right? right. You know, oh, you yeah, or at least up. I know somebody who can yeah. come in this bitch and audit. I'm, 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 I'm a somebody. phone call. Know away. somebody. Shut your restaurant them, uh, down. 
Hey, right, man, give exactly. me some of them lemon pepper wet. <laughs> I, I, I may just look like just I just may just look like I'm just some just black dude, but nah, I know people. Got you power in these streets. I know. Right. You don't want to know the people I know. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, I might just look like a regular black dude, but I know people. You know, I, I gotta have that right. I gotta have that Canaan vibe. Shout out to power. I gotta have that Canaan vibe mm. around town, man. I let right. people know what it is. Well, of course, again, this is one of the shows that I've been talking about for a few years now, uh, went on hiatus for a little bit because of COVID, like plenty of other things. Mm-hmm. But um, we got season two at its completion, and we are here to talk today about Euphoria, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. It's a wild show. For those who don't know what the hell Euphoria <laughs> is, just go watch the first episode. You can be like, what the fuck? I heard it was well. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was well. It um, is. It's it's a it's a ball and a half. It's I want to say it's this generation's what skins or Degrassi with a lot more swag and a lot more of today's um, drug culture mm-hmm. and LBGTQ mixed in it, and it, not not in a forced way but like what you would actually experience because this is the this is the day and age we're living in yeah. with let's say um uh was it uh zy wade if i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing that but uh Dwayne wade's uh zaire. Ohio, that is zaire yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. there's trans and uh all the things of that nature so these things that are now becoming new to us or mm-hmm. that are, we're seeing a lot more of you got to think about the kids are experiencing it in real time yeah so that's what i think euphoria is with uh dynamic characters that kind of all interact with each other and play their own part into like what it is to be like a teenager of coming of age gotcha. in the Arts or it, uh, well, I guess it's the twenty twenty. Yeah, did, did Drake? Drake is a, is a is an executive producer of this show, then, right? Yeah, he's so one of like eight executive producers. I feel like on this. Show. Oh yeah, they gotcha. they were like, give us the bags. What a, <laughs> Everybody. Oh, yeah. what I, 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 that that was an interesting point that you brought up because you you compared it to Degrassi, and that kind of makes sense because you know what I'm saying he he's channeling his his experience and his influence, so that would make sense. Oh, for real! I was a I was a big Degrassi fan uh, back in the day. Did either of y'all? That's because you had cable. Shit? Y'all had cable, right? I mean, I had cable off and on. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, right, me, me too, nigga. I figured out how to get myself a uh, basic cable. Okay, Hell I was yeah. like, Mom, you ain't gonna pay this bill. Oh, shit, I'll yep. become an electrician. I was mm-hmm. cable guy. <laughs> Shout out to those coaxial cables that we used to be able to screw in our TV back in the day, man. RIP to that. Because <laughs> anybody who didn't know, I mean past the statute of the limitation and it's a whole new world shout out to aladdin so you can't do the same shit that we used to be able to nah, get away with nope, you stuck um, with it now back in the day when they used to cut off the the cable in the back i was like i don't know what possessed me to do this i was possessed <laughs> you by wanted to watch tv technology or some shit i'm, like, I'm gonna figure this shit out dragon ball z coming on 20 minutes right I I took right. I'm like, oh, and Goku and still standing stuck. there with his fist balled up. Right, right. Listen, listen. I hate Dragon Ball Z, bro. I would come in, and I'm like, I can't wait for the new episode to come out. Toonami's about to be lit. What I come into 
that fucking cable box, Adelphia cable with the two lines oh, on it. Like, Adelphia, the, the black but, box with the red letters. Yeah, I'm already exactly, hit. and and yes. the two lines is just like, oh, your shit's off, and I'm like, no, oh, everybody's man. gonna be talking about it at the lunch table. So yep. what I would do is I'm like, all right, listen here, I'm about to go in the back because I was just be doing. I invented a lot of weird shit when I was a kid, and now that shit is blown up. So I I need reparations for all that. Not to not to get off track, but I would take the coaxial cable out of the cable box that ran directly into the wall. And mm-hmm. I figured out if you put that directly into your TV mm-hmm. and then go to program and just do the channels and just run a search, it would find any of the channels for basic cable. Yep. And you could watch Cartoon Network, TBS, Sir. TNT, all that shit for about three months. And yeah, I was yeah. like, my mom was like, I ain't gonna put I was like, shit. Okay, I don't give a yep. fuck. You and can I leave would watch it off that shit for three months. Hell yep. yeah. And then at three month bar, they like, okay, you're not getting your cable back. God, they cut that shit <laughs> all the way off. They cut the line See? from the source. So right. That's what I was dealing with. Gotcha. I remember the before we continue on the euphoria and Degrassi and stuff. I just want to tell my coaxial cable story. I lived in multiple houses growing it's up. Coaxial throughout. tales. Mm. Coaxial <laughs> <Coaxle> tales. <laughs> right. Um, so. I know that for a fact that some of the houses I lived in, it just had the little basic cable plug into the TV. And when I know when my cable would get shut off because I would always ask my mom, hey, can we order the pay-per-view this month? <laughs> nah, no, Brian. She look at you and be like, no. Month. Right, so we, I would go check the cable upstairs, but we would still have basic channels. But I remember to your point, E, if you do the search, once you plug in that, that cord, it's not going to pull it up initially because all you get is 3, 5, 8, 19. Right. But if you plug that that special one, that, that, that coaxial cable from the cable box, you'll get all your shit. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a beautiful thing growing up. But to your point about Degrassi, I didn't watch Degrassi until I met my wife. She grew up on it. She watched it when you were watching it, I'm sure, like in the early aughts when it was actually on. Um, but Me she and showed it to me. are the same people. They We're essentially like, are. <laughs> and I told her that this weekend. <laughs> right. So exactly. Funny. Shout out to Dr. Strange. But yes, they um, she uh she, she and she agrees with that point. But in regards to Degrassi, me being a sitcom kid, love and say by the bill and shit like that growing mm. up. At first I was like, man, this shit look corny as fuck. And it, it just ignored it. But it had me in, it had me locked in. Um they started shooting drugs. Episode. They was doing drugs right. off the top. Since, no, 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 not like this. No, okay. nothing like no, this. That, but they, it, it wasn't this. But it they was, talked about things like that were more relevant to us growing up, like yes. sexual predators so, on the internet and going in chat rooms and mm, stuff like that. Okay. AIDS. Yes. <laughs> bitch had AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was scared. I was like, I have to watch this because I have to and find out. And a kid got shot. Well, shit. Y'all know Drake, wheelchair right, Jimmy Drake. got shot. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. A, a whole generation going around not knowing that Drake was wheelchair Jimmy. Crazy, Sad, man. that's how yeah. we knew him. Dude, it was like Will, the nigga in a wheelchair. He rapping, right. rapping now. Yeah, because he, because I know he used to show y'all, y'all, y'all BG alum a lot of love during undergrad. He used yep. to have a lot of concerts yep. at y'all school. Yep, um, So y'all knew y'all was hip to wheelchair Jimmy early. Yeah, um, yeah. I was in radio uh, back then, so like a lot of people, Big Sean, um, Wale, you know, what I'm saying they was on that circuit on on that college. That, the blog rap, the blog yep, rappers Drake. of our age. Yep. yep. Yeah, they yep, definitely yep, showed yep. love. But yeah. Drake, to to your point, that's how I knew him because I was like, wait a second, the guy from uh, DeGrassi is in the uh, Trey Songs video. He was in Wonder Woman. And I was sitting on the Lamborghini. I'm like, what? I don't even because they were playing it like it was like DeGrassi for anybody who doesn't know is a show about the um, there's like a high school show, but it's in Canada. 
or Ontario, Canada, whatever. So right. they would talk about these things, and it was definitely uh, like a melodrama or teen drama, but it had, you know, again, school shooters, uh, drug abuse, uh, HIV, and like sexual relations, Asperger's, pretty much everything that you could talk about in the early days. I didn't watch it until I actually got to college. So mm-hmm. I was watching it okay. with uh, one of my exes because we would watch SVU. We was fucked up. We watched SVU <laughs> and Degrassi. And I was like, we love this shit. We just be watching marathons. And shit. Like, oh, she's like, don't watch it without me. I'm like, give me all, all that right, situational all right. drama. Right. Give it to right. me. <laughs> Need it. Need it. <laughs> so it was it was so great. Like SVU marathons, order some uh, cottage in pizza. Or we oh, go cottage in. Cottage in. Y'all had right. the cottage in up there. We had it in Delaware. Oh, for sure. Yes, Cottage Inn was the shit. You suck. Slap. So out, we had, the, of course, the Cottage Inn pizza. It was either SVU marathons or Degrassi marathons. So they would always show like all day marathons of the show until they got to the new episode. It's a lot of so sexual assault in, in one binge. Like I was about to say, man, Jesus. Two Scorpios Heavy. sitting in the apartment together. It was a wild times. Yes. That neither here nor there. It's another episode. That brings right us. He's got a bang, bang, bang. <laughs> My bad. My hand has slipped. That brings us to to the this. I think this is the spiritual successor, if you will, to Degrassi, which brings us to Euphoria. Um, right. I do want to say because as BA, you've seen it. Lo, you've seen pieces. bits and pieces, yep. maybe. So, what were your initial thoughts like? Because I, I mean, I, of course, I want to get into season two, but I kind of want to just talk about it overall. Um, so when you first turned it on. Like, how'd you start watching it? How'd you get into it? And then what were your thoughts as you got into it? Yeah, um, I'll tell you that. I mean, I, I avoided this show for a long time. It's because, and that's not even the reason why Fuck you would this think. this show. Right? <laughs> it, it's just because, like, the people I was hearing asking me about it were, like, people that I would never expect to watch this show. So I'm like, oh, y'all just being creepy and weird. I don't mm. have time for that. What? Like, it, like older, right. like, older men that you would not think wanting to watch a show like that, like older Caucasian males. See, um, creepers. And, right, up there, yeah. right, and I'm like, hey guys, y'all know those are adults really, right? Like, sorry to ruin the whole fantasy for you, but that's Rules. what kept me away from it, right? Because everybody was like, oh, have you, did you see that Zendaya show? I'm like, like no, she's, yeah. she's really oh, like- It was sweeping the nation, but- Yeah, yeah and I did that, that, and me, I'm, I'm very much a contrarian when it comes to pop culture. Um, it's just in my nature, which is why I probably if everybody talking about this, you're like, well, fuck that shit. They don't want to see. I'll check it out when the noise calms down. That'll really tell me it's quality. That's usually how I look like look at it because you know people are sheeple at the end of the day. No offense. Damn. Damn. No offense. No offense. You following ass nigga. Yeah. You hear that? Dog on your bitch ass. Guess what? Sheep. People are sheeple, but I mean, but people, human nature, I say that just because of human nature, we look at what our, what the peers are doing, who's next person doing before we do anything. Mm-hmm. True. It's a human That's nature. True. Um, so I let the hype die down before I dove into it. So, so one day, like a couple, like a few weeks ago, I was like, me and my wife was sitting there like, she just put it on. I was like, oh, this is euphoria. And I just started watching it with her. And I was like, oh, shit. That yeah, first episode, is, I was like, 
this is like watching a Skinamax movie. Like, is it? So, 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 hold on. So, so, what about it? Just kind of jumped out at you. Was, was it the fact? Was it the graphicness of it, or was it the 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 pace of it that it was just coming at you so fast? Like, like what was what threw you off the, the first go round? Um, as I go back in my mind, I guess it was just the the gratuitous sex and full frontal nudity that threw me off. Oh, shit. And the, <laughs> they threw the, you the, off the, or sucked you. <laughs> no, not, not, no, because of what I'm about to say. No, it's oh, yeah. not because there was so many goddamn dicks <laughs> on the television. I was like, wait. And then my wife was like, this is empowering. I'm happy to see that there aren't like what? just women. <laughs> Guys, that are like, wow, so well, many dicks. Well, well, and you and your husband, how did you feel in that moment? I was just oh. like, well, I I'm not here for that. E-Ray, I don't want to hear we, that. We had Big AR on, and she said they was just tired of only seeing, but like, like, uh, was it ghost butt? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's it. The dudes, when when they show them fucking in sex scenes on TV, they just show ass. So the chicks, you know what I'm saying? They want to see oh, yeah. some dicks. Oh no, yeah. they they triple down on the dicks and man, you did like, they? Right. So dick. that was that shocked me. Whoa. Right. That, that shocked me. And I was like, I don't know if I can do all this. Um, but once you much wang. I just came to watch a show. I ain't doing it. Right. That's it. That's not even that's not even about talking what? about like like the stuff like Rue Zendaya's character. Like her story is very deep. I um okay. there I like I really like how they depicted her, especially in season two. Cause like I feel like season one's like the party season, like everybody's having fun. Mm-hmm. And season two, season two shit it's like real. shit gets fucking real with everybody. Oh. All characters. But so, it, so so but. do you think that that, that is a, um it's reflective of, of just like what the high school experience is, right? Cause you know, when you first get there, you're finding your way out. When you find your stride, some people find it earlier than others. You having fun, but then like life starts to hit as you get older and approaching graduation and stuff. I'd say that definitely low, but also what jumped out to me in regards to just all these different characters is just like how much uh, coping skills matter. And mm. if you don't have them, this is what happens. Like you start to find other ways to cope with things that happen in your life. And, and all these kids, it's, it's interesting. And I never, I didn't look up the research on this just around like what type of like town is this supposed to be? You can't mm-hmm. really make out, is this like a high end type of city or is it middle class? Gotcha. You're going to say it's something. It's supposed to be uh, like middle America, not necessarily middle America. It's kind of like a California town. But not like Calabasas or something you. like exactly. Right. It's supposed like to be like your kids. every yeah. It's supposed to be like your just everywhere city. But that, so like Encino this, or some shit, Reseda or some shit, where they was doing Cobra Kai. Don't, don't get me. Cobra uh, Kai looked like I mean, the projects. Uh, it was like they, they it, was if, over if, here. If, but we go, if we gonna go back to Cobra Kai, I would compare it to. I guess so. Their high school looked like how that Cobra Kai high school was just a way more deeper level. Cobra Kai is very surface level mm-hmm. as far as yeah. what you're seeing. Yeah, um, and everybody kind of meets up somehow. But right. this euphoria, it feels like it. It's a town. I would say it's it's kind of like one of those uh, settlements where maybe L.A. or New York or something is probably like within driving distance. Gotcha. But it's not close. Gotcha. It's, so, it's rural, but it's still urban. It's 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 exactly. in the middle, kind of. I got you. Yeah. Yes. That gives so, context though, because because again, different different set of intangibles for the students, right? Because you know, it's it's access to things. 
I'm frozen. Mm. I love my bad. <laughs> uh, it's access to things, but then if you're in the city and stuff, then it's 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 a whole other element of stuff. So they just close enough to still be in the shits, but not far enough to like be right. out of it. Got you. Right. Precisely. So these kids so have a lot get- of different social demographic backgrounds, um, which I think also makes it. It's a multicultural such a cool TV show. gang. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely a melting pot of a lot of different things all boiled into one place um, yeah and and i thought that was cool um to piggyback on that and start to progress us here a lot of the the season one i will say is it i think the thing that i loved about season one let's say this is it took that approach similar to um dear white people where okay. each episode had a central focus on one particular character okay and then you might That's learn fair. their backstory or you may uh just follow them throughout a period of time and that gave you a better insight into who they are because mm. then you would see them later on in the season interacting with other people but now you have a lot more uh backstory and a lot more um understanding understanding of what's going on with them in comparison to now whoever you're following in the journey gotcha. so as we start to do that it's like uh and the narrator it's narrated mostly by uh zendaya's character rue mm-hmm. and rue is like kind of get setting up everything she's telling you hey this is this is where i am and then you find out oh she does drugs and it's like that's weird what, because what kind well, of drugs hard good question yeah she's she's in the prescription pills um, which is very much this day and age that's that's what i was gonna say because because referring ain't ain't it like it's it's methamphetamines all that weed is in this show weed is more looked at like cigarettes (laughs) right exactly let's pull us up out of the 30s all right love (laughs) smoking that reefer that that gateway shit man how y'all here strung out like a damn junkie Right, right, right. <laughs> Everybody um, was smoking weed just to calm down. Like, yeah, we, hey, weed guys, is it to crack? it don't get you high, it brings nah. you down off your other shit these days. For these yeah, kids, they're like, no, no, yeah, thank it's, you. It's, it's looked at as like, like kind of how like when we was in high school, like people smoking black and mild yep. cigarettes was a big fucking deal. Yeah, um, it's it's like like that's how weed is as far as like oh you know that kid's like he's he he's, he's not a bad kid, but yeah. that, you know that kid doesn't. Give he's a that. Oh, he's kid. edgy. Right. Oh, he, he, he edgy. got a little edge to him. Oh. Right. Well, I was just so, making sure because if they had her like you know what I'm saying sneaking before gym class, pulling a fold, and it's a whole nother- <laughs> no. Nah. So I would say, um, okay. So just to get into it, we start off with Rue. Rue's character. She's a teenage girl that is sort of. Uh, is it ambiguous is the word I'm, androgynous is more so the word okay. i'm looking for she kind of dresses okay. very like neutral kind of tomboyish you don't know if she like dudes or girls she kind of doesn't really think about liking anybody like, like asexual almost okay. okay yes very much so and then i think you get into the realm where you start to find out about her so they pull back the layer she lives with her mom and her younger sister and then they tell you like like she grew up this way and it's and it's shot beautifully so they they show from a very young age her like having these outbursts and issues and then just ups and downs like manic uh episodes and then it starts to ring in that she she's been on drugs for a long time but like prescription drugs at first to kind of mellow out her condition 
and like anxiety and uh like mania and things like that and then her dad ends up getting diagnosed with cancer and he passes away so when that happens she was like taking some of his prescription medication just laying with him and she was saying like she would have anxiety attacks and all these things they were just would make you it's interesting to watch from her perspective because you never think about the people who do the drugs you're like oh you freaking druggy you have you could be so much with your life but when you see it from her perspective and how she's painted it's like i only feel normal when i'm on the drugs when Mm -hmm. i'm not i feel crazy or i don't want to be here anymore because it's such a struggle just living my everyday life so they're automatically kind of locks you into a a sympathetic position Mm -hmm. and now you're just on a ride with the narrator as she takes you through kind of like what ba was saying with the like learning how to cope Mm -hmm. and i was going to tell you love this is where it's going to hit you when you get to understand rue's background this is where it's going to hit you as a dad Mm. like you see her growing up and she's in and out of doctor's appointments and she's growing up like and this is like it hits home with me heavy just because like i'm i'm very heavily involved with how my daughters are like coming up and mm-hmm. how they are going to be kind of like therapized through their different things that they have to deal with as they develop um mm-hmm. and me and my wife are big on like just trying to do as much therapy as before any sort of prescription whatever have to be able to be put in place we want to make sure like we're doing everything possible before we got to go with medication gotcha gotcha and in the 90s and we know we went to school with kids like this e um kids that were just put on ritalin yep just because and that's what it kind of i was like damn they ain't even really because they were just showing the stuff she was seeing when she was growing up like as far as things out of her viewpoint, like she was looking at the ceiling tile and she was like her mom and stuff was going on. She was just counting the ceiling tiles, just mm-hmm. doing stuff like yeah. it reminded me of like she might be on. She might have been on the spectrum a little bit okay. or um, might have like OCD or yeah, something. But it was just a the way concentration. That, mm-hmm. Right. And the way that autism is defined these days, like they would put that. They would just describe her as autistic and just throw her in a bubble. Like we don't yep. know what you are, but you're not like this kid. Put you in a special that, class with all the other right, special yeah. kids that's that's exactly. not the same. Like And there's something really real happening and it's been happening for a long time, but you don't really realize it until you sit in the seat as a parent that mm. kids just get thrown in a bubble if they don't do everything perfect. Yep. And that can yep. fuck a kid up, man. Yeah. So School oh, is mini prison. Well, at least Detroit yeah. public schools was. The I felt like, yeah, yeah, the black schools. Let's be real, black schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because white schools, they're like, oh my gosh, we just need to make sure that they try to like, we need to have a ratio of one yeah. teacher per four, mm-hmm. maybe five students. Mm-hmm. Uh, black one security school. guard in the entire school. Right. One. There's not even a security guard. He's just a guy to be there. <laughs> hey, Nate. Uh, dude that had a police officer costume in his closet. He, he, he just dare to break up the uh he dare to break up the fights if it gets a little rough. Hell no, because yeah. there are no fights True. in white school. He's just there. That's why all arguments. The, that's why all the people be getting shot up in the damn like school shootings. Cause Nate just there like, hey, oh! <laughs> like they uh, come in there fully loaded like a neo in the right. matrix. Exactly. Be black beep, beep, beep. ready. Right. Like, well, you got 17 banana clips this thing <laughs> right. is trying to kill everybody the ants he trying to shoot everything Man. but in in the black schools it's all they got guns too they just ain't trying to shoot nobody till after school on the way home exactly. black schools <laughs> it is nothing but like security guards and 
teachers that don't really care because they're just trying to survive today the mm-hmm. and they got way too many kids on there they don't know what kids are got uh learning disabilities they don't know what kids are on medication if they had a medication they're just trying to survive every day every yep. black school i've ever seen like i didn't even know our school our high school was as bad as it was I've seen like I would be watching movies like Freedom Riders and uh, Dangerous Minds, living in a gangster's <laughs> and, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Oh. But then I was like, <laughs> speaking. I mean, just honestly, just speaking to people in BG uh, when we we're at Bowling Green State, and I'm talking to people, and they're like, and the, the disgust on their face or the intrigue. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. When I'm telling them like, yeah. And then it was like this one time. Even my mama thinks her, that my mind is going to her eyes. Right. And I was or like, there was, or there was a teacher strike and we were just running around the school. Yeah. Like with no, right, sometimes I didn't go to school. Most of the right. time I was just playing cars. That's how I learned how to play. Oh, 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 when, I, like, <laughs> when I used to tell people our metal detectors didn't work and they would only plug them in like, like every once in a while. So like niggas just had shit stashed in the school and just never Keep brought it guessing. out. You know what I'm saying? And then the day if you had some shit on you and you saw that, that like they was checking and they only checking every third person, you'd be like, Hey man, let me just, I slide you 20, man. I just $20. Yes. I really need to get this in the school. Cause right. I got, That's I got, beef <laughs> like, right. You got no lunch tickets? No, but, uh, uh, lunch tickets. If you give me, if you give me your spot, I get you all the lunch tickets you need, bro. Let me get this hammer in there. Yeah. <laughs> with with this uh, opening of of like that main character, now you have trust in what's going on. It's shot very amazingly because then from right when they show you what's going on with her, it takes you to this party, which is the party just before school is about to start mm. for New Year. She's there. She pops a pill, and then all of a sudden she starts to walk on the walls. She's walking on the ceiling. This beautiful music's playing. You see like lights, and so now you're starting to take the trip as she's experiencing it, and she's run falling over shit, and you're like, "Wow, this is fucking crazy!" But this is how she would see things versus mm-hmm. people just looking at you, stumbling around, being goofy. Mm-hmm. So that's where I mean they play with a lot of different elements here on like excellent artistic cinematography. Okay. And almost like, dangerous to a certain point, I'd say. You, you think so? I I just say that. I understand what where you're getting at. I'm, I'm going to disagree slightly, but I but as a as a parent, I think your parent brain comes out. So not even explain, as a parent, as, okay, as, as a it. as a former because uh, I used to go hard back in the day uh, as a one. former room myself. Right. <laughs> I was about to say, um, I've dabbled in quite a different stuff, quite a few different substances back in the day. And I tell stories about like when I used to take shrooms and LSD and shit like that and what it would do to you. Um, that's the stuff that Rue was seeing. That's where it was like making it cool to the point where like, I remember we was watching one episode and my wife was like, that's how that shit really is. Like that shit looks fun. And I was like, like, no. yeah, but there's a time and a place shit. for it. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and high school BA was not sniffing any of this stuff. I didn't oh, become me, me turned out until college. So Seeing that stuff from a high schooler standpoint, I'm just like, that's kind of dangerous. And I know when I was in high school, I watched a lot of shit I shouldn't have been watching. So I'm sure there's high school kids watching the same shit that may be curious. And they're just like, oh, damn, that shit looks cool. So that's why I say it's dangerous. And I'm not trying to be on like a pet, like a a soapbox or anything. No, no, I I feel you. But speaking as like a former like dibbler dabbler in hallucinogens, I know how that shit can look really cool. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this, though, to just to counter that. You, you, uh, I mean, we grew up together. We mm-hmm. would go to your house, we would probably play PlayStation 2, 3, right? Facts. What was our game? Grand Theft Auto. 
Yes. We also played Mortal Kombat. We played Street Fighter. When's the last time you uppercut a nigga in the street for no reason? <laughs> I'm, I'm just. <laughs> Well, let me ask the RTA driver up in Cleveland from like eight years ago. I uppercut that lady on the bus that was getting too close. Right, but I'm saying, when would you do it? Get behind the line, right? (laughs) But that's what I'm I'm getting at. We we often experience so many things, and I think that's a and and I would say, of course, with respect to your experience when you as you did some drugs stuff, so you kind of know what it feels like. But I do think as more of a parent brain now, you start mm-hmm. to analytically think more so about what you're seeing and hoping your kids don't do it yeah. versus it's, when yeah. I'm looking at it, I'm always still thinking about, look, I played the most violent video games. I watched the mm-hmm. most violent movies, the most sexual movies. I came out as a normal person. You, I don't are, you like, weren't influenced by show it. all my dicks. Yeah. Look at the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not that person. <laughs> Like, I'm not sitting there like, I can't wait to rip a nigga's head off today. Like, that's not Fatality. my experience. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I love that because I think those are outlets. It's just like when they thought music is the devil. Yeah. Like, for some some people are automatically, Listen to if that they were devil music smoking movie, that if they're, if they're influenced by this show, if they're influenced by video games, they were going to be influenced in the first place by yeah. anything. You're not right? a str- your, your parent, your your parent, your parental advisement is not a strong enough influence to supersede like the media shit. That's what it is. I right. Mean, you would hope. That's what you hope, though, feel. though. Yeah. Right. And that's what you hope. But E, you bring up a good point. Like, because I grew up on that same stuff that you grew up on. We we all were in the same bubble. Um, as far as what we like, murder to nobody. Nobody. I haven't murdered anybody. <laughs> I haven't just walked up on somebody. It's just gotten to a fight with them. Just to see what was up. Killer right. combo. <laughs> like, like, why is he saying his own? <laughs> Right, 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 right. But I say all of that just to um, make the point in regards to, like, that stuff that we grew up on. And, like, you made the point, though, like, once you become a parent, you start to think about stuff. Well, I don't want my kid doing that, so Mm -hmm. they're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But you got to think about it. And this is where it gets tough. And this is why being a parent is one of the hardest jobs ever. You got to draw that line. You got to expose them a little bit because you don't want somebody else to kind of show them mm-hmm. like you know what I, this- I always say it's it's a balance of experience and exposure no no my bad exposure and education right so, yeah. so some things you are all educated right. on before experience. well i mean so but the all of that. well because it's like and the ideology behind that is you will either experience something and expose to it before you learn about it or you learn about something before you experience it or you expose to it and and it Life is all about a mixture of those those things, so it just depends on how they do it. Because some shit, you can literally try to teach them everything on the list, and then there's going to be some shit out there that you didn't think about or weren't ready to teach them, and they're going to learn that shit instead of the shit that you like laid out for them. And I could be wrong, but as I would think my job as a parent, I think you guys may, may or may not agree. Tell me if you don't. But as your job as a parent is to not necessarily teach your kid about everything because that's literally impossible. But it's to have the ability and the, the lay the foundation where when they do experience something or they are exposed to something, they come back where you can possibly give them some education on. Yeah. So that's what you would like to do because then that's an exchange of information. So, of course, like I went back to my dad. I can remember back in the day and uh, I'm like, hey, 
what's this mean? And he's like, oh, that means, that means, fuck you. Don't be doing that. Put your, put your middle fingers down. And I was like, oh, okay. Of course I went to school like, nigga, what's good? Flicking the bird to everybody. But Good morning. Was, right. <laughs> like a secret, like a secret handshake. Like, what's up, Deshaun? <laughs> but that's, but again, that's how I was. I was a little like slightly oh, you, mischievous. You were edgy, again, <laughs> right? Edgy slightly kid. mischievous, but still in line. So I think this show gives us a lot of. I would say, and I would say this because while we're talking about parents, because I think that's a great segue into like how this show has been received. So mm. I think season one overall, it was received like very uh scary for for adults they're like this is glorifying sex and drugs and i was like no it's actually just like when people say oh it's so much gayness in my tv it's like no that's <laughs> it's just that's what's happening yeah and you're seeing it now and maybe because that's not in your lifestyle right but for this is what's who, going on in these schools right. so for right. somebody who has two moms or two dads or somebody that is in the LBGTQ plus community mm-hmm. that has the backing and they live this with he their knew friends. all the letters and the symbols I too. To say, I did, I'm like, I have to applaud that right. one. Right. Oh, I'm good. I'm Somebody good. went to politically yeah, correct yeah. school. Like, yes, yeah. he did. He's ready. I'm good when I want to be. But <laughs> as I was saying, if those people are in this setting and they're like living their lives and whether trans, pansexual, asexual, whatever, and they see this now, they feel like. Oh, okay. They're actually like representing us a bit. Yep. Similar yeah. to if we would see a black person on TV, we'd be like, "Man, that nigga ain't real." Or, okay, that's <laughs> actually vert. That feels more realistic to like our experience, right. and that's that's going to set the tone for whether we accept or reject it. So, I think yeah. parents themselves, uh, or or people, the media was portraying this before it got accepted, kind of as the art, as like this demon tool for sex and rage for your kids and i was like that's not i don't the know case. what that means <laughs> i mean <laughs> in the same breath though like the show had to been pumped because they know like oh yeah we about to get all of that like curiosity view now and that's the perfect season for that like we talk like me e, and i'm sure you and lo talk about it too but atlanta is a great example of that yes, everybody yes. want to right everybody want to go back and, and shit on what they're doing now because they expect Me. what happened in seasons one and two, but that it's a progression, people. These yeah. people aren't the same people they were in the first season or the second season. They're doing a whole different thing right now. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of like the perfect, I guess, thing for that show. And to your oh, point sure. about parents, um, the show does a great job. Like I go back again with the whole different backgrounds thing. You see different kinds of parents and how they parent too. Cause like, for example, you got Cassie's mom who is like- Well, a, well before a, you a, jump in there, let me oh, yes, actually- so, Gotcha. Get give the people because the people are a little too excited. Yeah. So in this, I'll say in this universe right now, there's there's a few characters. The the core core characters. I think the first season was go back to the party. Go back to the party. That's where we got. We went on our tangent, but the party would help you describe all the characters. So go back to talking about the party. The from season one, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So season one, they have the party is there. Rue's high as hell. She's just kind of stumbling around. And then the next character that I believe they introduce you to, I haven't seen it in a long time. So if I'm wrong, shut up. (laughs) Just exist. But uh, it would be (laughs) Jules because they say, hey, Jules is this new girl. And they just kind of like, okay, she's a little interesting, like very Mm -hmm. white 
uh how would i say describe her like looks like she likes crystals or some shit you like wearing fairy wings and and just sailor moon some type of interesting get up for her adolescent self so you're like okay that's a new person uh then they they're kind of doing a revolving so you start seeing other people in the party you see nate the, the quintessential quarterback jock guy prototypical white man uh that has has it all his dad is the runner of the town and whatnot so he has some respect he is the quarterback he is like just big ass white mr america captain america (laughs) captain america or a u.s agent there there you go and and there's him and then you see his girlfriend who is like uh the cheerleader but she's spicy latina so they're like you know she's got to be like overly sexual she's wearing all the lita thong she get-ups. shops at shop talk lingerie she shops at, uh, <laughs> all the chicks that know who i'm talking know what i'm talking about she shops at uh uh what's it called windsor she shops oh, at oh, windsor. Shit. Yeah. i was so, sitting there like where does she get these clothes from like these are straight up like hooker coming off the story prostitute. i was about uh, to say i was about to, i had to clean that up there she's like stripper clothes you like, got a bang, bang, bang. Um, <laughs> BA, you know where to get them from. What, what every girl has a has a um, a purchase from this from this place now. This place is like the big conglomerate. They're like, oh, shop it, so and so. What's it called, Low? You know, you know the spot, Rainbow. The, no, the, no, that's that's back in the the, the one now. The air, all the chicks, all the Instagram models used to have the thing. Fashion Nova, Fenty. Fashion over. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that, that, I, got, I got men's fashion over jeans, man. They just they fit. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we got to leave. Got to leave. Blow in the eye, like, hey. it's I ain't shopping at H and M. Do I look like hey, I do poetry look. under under the bridge at night? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> under the well, twilight? I mean, maybe not. But I didn't know you also did sex work. If the jeans got the ass cut out, hey, man. Right, exactly. <laughs> hey, got hey. rips in all the wrong places. <laughs> nah, these are, I got the drug dealer jeans. That's what I'm saying, man. H and M. I thought they had that at H and M. I I'm not Green Lantern, oh, no. like. <laughs> Oh gosh! Our Why you gotta repeat it? You were just supposed to keep to going, my nigga. You don't. We don't. We here now. No, no, no. You are supposed um, to go faster. You supposed to speed right faster. You backed up. What? Yeah, I, was getting, I don't even know what like, that means. No one knows like, what it means, but it's provocative. Like Aqualad. I mean, just, just ask. Anyway, neither here nor there. So we have the, these characters here, and that that couple is extra toxic. So they represent our toxic version of just like abusive relationships at odds. And they kind of start explaining their relationship and how they met and each of those characters. Then you still have, uh, I think the gentleman, the black quintessential oh, guy, McKay. Jock McKay, um, braids. He was in, I think it was are they the good braids? Who, uh, I hate to be picky, but like, are they good braids, bad braids? Is it the, the Shamar Moore yeah. costume braids? Is no, no, no. They're the Nipsey's. Yeah. No, that, uh, I like think they're, they're more like uh, the Drake's, like Drake has right now. Those are Nipsey's. Okay, He's he trying to be like Nipsey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was good. Kinda anyway. Like Carmelo Hayes a little bit, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yes. But I was going to say, um, with him, and he starts to find attraction to the girl Cassie Cassie being uh her and her sister I forget her sister's name 
Can you uh, feel me? Her sister's name is Lexi. Lexi, yes. So the, Cassie the, and Lexi, played by the daughter of Judd Apatow. Yes, Maude okay. okay. Apatow. I saw her. Um, I saw her name in the credits, and I was that last. That's a, a rare last name. So like, chances yeah. are, gotcha. yes. So Maude Maude Apatow is uh, plays Lexi. She has a lot more to do season two, but season one, she's kind of just like res- observing everything in the background. Cassie, on the other hand is very much like the show starts out with um was it excuse me nate and mckay talking about like women and then they see they're like oh yeah wasn't she with oh dude he was like man i kind of like this cassie girl he was like this is her ain't it and then he shows her a phone to her getting yam jammed and you're <laughs> like oh shit that's the evolution of what we existed in so yep that's what I mean with themes, of course, because yeah, yeah. when we were in, we were all in high school at once, once upon a time, cell phones were still in their infancy. So a lot, a lot of these capabilities weren't existing. Now we have the internet, social media, and this is like, wow, this is what you would expect. And some of the things that can happen. So like internet bullying, uh, just sexual slut shaming pass around. Absolutely. And of course it doesn't help. Cassie is super developed. She had like the by super developed you mean WD. I'm gonna call her if you know um damn what's our girl Amanda Seyfried. Um that's who she is. She's like the new Amanda Seyfried to me, which it blonde girl with just the most breasts. <laughs> She's like here. <laughs> They're always breasts, everywhere, like breasts. To, more to breasts where, please to the point where my wife was like all i see is boobs when i see her i'm like yep that's the point yeah and that's <laughs> and why that's my uh my other dimensional twin is my other dimensional twin. Yeah. i'm like breasts breasts <laughs> all i see is breasts yes exactly so again her and it's it's all these different relationships um but anywho just kind of moving it along you have mckay and cassie starting to get together and, and figuring out like the 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 dynamic of being a a young man and trying to get in a relationship with a woman that other people perceive as a as a hoe and not only so, just that he, he's starting his first year of college while they're still in high school right that's another so, thing too wow. so, we all know do. that that dynamic in high school say, we all have been and now <laughs> trying to trying to understand like can i trust this girl and i but i like her and maybe i shouldn't and then you have Nate, who is still the the quarterback guy, but he's dealing with a lot of toxic energy, which you never know originally because you just see like him being uber aggressive or yelling at his girl, um, and his girl being extra spicy with him. And then they go into her background of you know her really loving um, like material things and control, and maybe they're having sex, but she's not necessarily like because I love sex, it's like, I like the control or the power I have over men through sex. So these are all very realistic things. They also have sprinkled in there a girl, Kat, who is uh, the heavy set girl. They talk about she was small, she had a little boyfriend, and then she was like drinking Mai Tais and just got virgin Mai Tais and just getting bigger and bigger. So then she had just been big since a young age. So now she's trying to figure out like the Lizzo effect does she feel comfortable in her own skin or now she ends up shifting into being overtly sexual i love mm. her character arc by the way I, I did too in first season second season not so much but yeah, i think I there's agree. a reason behind it um but the main character 
or the main story kind of follows all these ancillary characters, but the main story becomes Rue, our our resident neighborhood druggie, and then <laughs> Jewel, who that's, we that's find out. Crack. Who we're like, oh, Jewel, you're like, she's a little skinny oh, it's, white it's, girl. I don't mean I don't mean to correct you like another person on another show that we're on, E-Ray. Um, Jules is her Jules, name. Jules, Jules. Sorry. Yes, yes. I'm thinking of the other white woman, Jewel, who sings songs. Right. I, <laughs> I just want to I just want to keep it have, help you keep it authentic as well. That's all. <laughs> hey, we we put we add S's to shit that don't need to be S's as black folks. <laughs> and sometimes we take them away, nigga. Niggas. I love that answer. All I love these, it. all that shit. <laughs> But um, yeah, like like you're saying, Jules, we find out, okay, Jules actually is transgender. And we find out that she had an issue with identity. I think they, they actually go into it very beautifully, how they, uh, her episode, where it starts off a young kid and you're looking like, wow, that's really, like, you don't really know because they don't really tell you. And then you see the mom and kind of going through some struggles and then they drop her off at a uh, mental institution and they're just talking to her. This shit pissed me off. Yeah, and then next thing you know, she's like, mom, mom, and the mom is like walking away mm-hmm. and now she's stuck in this institution and it's, it's just up. really, it was really sad, honestly. And then next thing you know, her dad comes to pick her up, but she's trying to like slit her wrist and cut herself because she doesn't feel like she's in the right body. So then you start to find out she had start transitioning and then uh, they even show like some of her body wrapping and some of the stuff that she was doing to, you know, tuck herself and all these things like that. And when her and Rue get together, uh, the one thing I appreciate about this show is uh, mostly, with, especially with the kids at least, sexuality, uh, race, None of these things really are like the factors that they were in our generation or in gotcha. our school. That's a very good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. They don't even beef about none of the stuff like that. That's like like t- typical like points to be mad about in a situational drama like this. At all. Because I would be like, I ain't hearing not one random, all right, nigga. What? You call <laughs> like never happened oh, over the black dude and, and the white dude. There's no like racial tension per se, because everybody's drugging and partying. So, so questionnaire, questionnaire. Do yeah. you think that that's also also part of the design? Just so that, because I think that that's a lot of how these younger kids are too. Like they're I they're agree. more into like you know what I'm saying interracial, just mingling and stuff, and not even dating wise, right. but just hanging out wise. And they don't they literally like we joke like oh I don't see color, but yeah. these kids really don't give a fuck. Because yeah, the realest nigga on the show is a white man mm. it, it's it might as well be um mac miller yeah Rest that's what he reminds me of he, he, it's just like he is the gentleman name is fez and he's just, hey yo what up bro <laughs> he's just he's he talks so slow he he's the the drug dealer okay. of the show yeah. and him and his younger brother who uh trey who just this young thug ass nigga is like super young <laughs> It's like uh, the cover. Uh, if the cover of um, Little Wayne's album was white, <laughs> was a white kid, oh shit! <laughs> and he just sitting there with all these tattoos and tears. Yeah. I'm like, the yeah. fuck! But then they even go into their backstory uh, second season. Okay. But mm-hmm. anywho, as I'm just speeding through it here, just to give us a recollection and catch you up, low. Um, the main story kind of interweaves with Rue 
almost ODing and you find out this where she OD'd and her mom saves her. Now her mom is trying to keep her from doing drugs. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, I won't do drugs. But then she's telling us, the the viewers, as a narrator, this is how you get away with doing drugs mm -hmm. so your mom doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. She, like, her mom's piss testing her and she's like, okay, I got just bad cramps or something. And then she jumps out the window, runs to Lexi's house, gets some piss from her so she can pass the test. And mm -hmm. she's like, and then she comes back. She hit it with the Biggie Smalls, but of course, you know, I have my fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> it was just always something. So it's like you're following this drug addict behavior and her trying to get away with it. And then her actually meeting Jules and Jules having a great effect on her and making her be sober, except for, of course, if you know anything about uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or NA, any of these things. Typically, people who have addiction problems switch one addiction for the next. Mm -hmm. So she Correct. is able to give up drugs, but now she. What up, Inaudibles? It's your boy Smiles, aka the Hip Hop Adam Schefter, aka your lady's favorite Inaudible. And I'm just telling you to tune into my two podcasts, Shot vs. Smiles and Music Impulse, on all streaming platforms. And don't forget to check us out live every week on the Kickback Radio via the Kickback app. Yeah, it's your boy Smiles, and I'm out. So they have to spend all the time together, and they love kicking it together, but Jules is kind of out here too she likes doing her own thing being free she's like lbgtq community is like hey we we just doing whatever yeah we do what we want to do and it's no judgment but that may not work for somebody who rue is a little bit androgynous a little bit asexual but she's now like she doesn't like men or women she mm -hmm. describes losing her virginity just to some dude on the floor like, oh okay that was weird i didn't really yeah. care and gotcha. then, but now her spending time with Jules is like, like love. Yeah. And it's just like the blinders are on. Mm -hmm. So that was. Teenage love. Main, that, that happens. That adolescence is, yeah. is a lot of that. It's a lot right. of that. But without, without the gender binary stuff going on there. And then the outer plot, because everything is all connected. It feels like an episode of, or feels like the movie Crash, but set in it high does. school. Ah, okay. Everything okay. is connected. Okay. So, that was so, a good movie. Very underrated and, movie. And the and the way they go about the storytelling is probably the most crash like thing about it. E. The way they describe, like you were talking about the first episode. Um, there's mm -hmm. some things I wanted to remind just because I saw it more recently. Yeah. When they talk about Jules um and the fact that showing that she's actually transsexual, they never say it in the first episode. The yep. only way you know. <laughs> and this is what blows me. And I love asking people that see the first episode and they're like, and then they don't find out. You see, there's this shot of her and Rue laying in bed mm -hmm. and in the panties. Exactly. You're like, wait yep. a minute, what the? And then because yep. <laughs> leading up to that, and I'm sure E Ray's going to get into it. Um, Jules has an encounter with someone in this first episode that they show to, and then she leaves that encounter to go to the party um, that everybody's at McKay's party. But and showing that unveiling of everything, um, Rue makes a comment like at the start of the narration. This is why the show's so awesome how they tell stories. Mm -hmm. And she says that Jules' life will never be the same after this night. Um, and you can continue on from there, E. I don't want to steal that. Yeah, no, no, no. That was that was great. So um basically Jules and I think now I this is an interesting subject matter because the fact that I don't know this to be true because I am not a part of this community, 
But from what I've witnessed and what I've watched from people that I know, people mm -hmm. that I've talked to and just things I've watched, a lot of people that find their, themselves inside the LGBTQ plus community get there from different ways. I say like this, when people say, oh, gay is like, you gay and blah, 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 or you don't just be gay and you can't, I was like, that's not how it works. Like <laughs> there, I, I think of homosexuality or just period being in within the community as like the community is a town mm -hmm. and there's many roads to get to that town gotcha so some people they felt like completely i was born this way nothing happened mm -hmm. some people experience trauma at a young age which controls their thought process and it kind of goes this way a lot of mm -hmm. people that you talk to they were either molested by a parent or a family member or something like that happened and that trauma changes how their brain works functionally mm -hmm. and then they go then they may have like homosexual relationships or whatever the case may be um then you just have people that you know women or men they're like i'm sick of the opposite sex and now i'm i i'm fluid so i will prefer this or i'll try this or people that didn't know that that was even an option so it's mm -hmm. so many different ways and routes to get to what is known as this community where most people think about it as this is the prison over there and you just get there like they gotcha. send you there and it's yeah. like that's not how it works so having that broader spectrum that broader thought process about this uh we end up seeing jules that she goes to a hotel and she's online dating which i've actually heard about this before because someone in uh actually i believe our uh me and BA's high school slash uh, city that we grew up in was very much like this. Uh, somebody that was taking advantage of younger people that were uh, like, not, I would say confused about their sexuality. And as they were coming of age, this person was taking advantage of them and like actually forcing themselves upon them in hotels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, what you find out in this episode is that Jules has an encounter with this gentleman you don't really see who it is until the end and they tell you it ends up being nate's father mm. and you're like oh and first it's just like oh because it's a girl like that was weird that's creepy then you find out it's she's trans so that even opens up even more concept mm -hmm. like what so, so unique all the so the whole season one is basically following this oh my gosh will you want because Nate's father is a serial like repressed homosexual man okay. so he keeps like he has OCD he has the family he has the beard his wife he has the children he's the talk of the town he's so manly mm -hmm. but behind closed doors he likes to go to hotel rooms and meet up with uh, young either trans or young uh, what they would call twink like very a feminine voice okay and he would have sex on water and then he records the encounter he didn't know how Not old jules was yes and he didn't know how old jules was and any of that stuff so that's what leads us into another season okay. but in this nate finds out he sees this stuff and then that sets him on a weird path because he's very much like kind of like his dad but not really so he has the aggression and all the repression that his dad has but he's not necessarily uh questioning sexuality i don't think not yet at least mm -hmm. so it's just mm -hmm. anger and he doesn't know what to do with it because he knows this part of his dad 
that nobody else in the family back to ba's point about learning how to cope yes so this this show is basically a big giant metaphor for different ways that people cope Mm -hmm. and it puts realism on it from uh rue's sister starting to Mm -hmm. take on some of her characteristics and starting to smoke and do stuff because she's had to see her sister almost die in front of her having an overdose. Mm, right. Or, and, and to E's point about when he said his mom, her mom had found her um, or saved her when she overdosed. Actually, her sister was the first person that saw her pass just, out on the floor. Yeah, like seizing. Um, gotcha. So speaking of trauma, yeah, here we go. Yeah. And how do you cope with that? And then as you're seeing it, as you're coming into your own and et cetera, so forth. So all these elements here, and like, like I said, for so... I guess that that's the season one. So season one recap, there was Kat, the the overweight girl that was finding her sexuality, like I said, like the Lizzo, but she was finding it online because she was very meek in her life, but she was much more fantasy in her head. Mm. So she ended up starting to, you know, find success online and people were like, oh my gosh, I'll pay for your toes. I'll pay for this. And she started <laughs> to like, I'll get my sexuality back by doing this. Gotcha. So or that discover is is discovering her sexuality not even yeah really I, yeah her. really and it and it became like so i wanted to ask y'all with that said with because i i guess our reference with the internet and we talked about this off mic what was your internet awakening for like because th- this is completely different than what we would experience because i don't think it was a market for like us to be involved for real but what did how did you experience that or when you seen that VA did that harken back or have any connection to anything that you had experienced in your past yeah um I made a note and I I kept making this comment when I would see uh Kat's arc Mm -hmm. through season one and then in season two you made the point you wasn't really a big fan of it I think because Kat realized very early in life how power the the, this is gonna sound bad the power of the the pussy Um, I knew (laughs) shoot she mystified Doctor Strange and and no one knows what it means um, Doctor do some strange for a piece of change and and the reason being I guess it's and I was telling my wife it's not a bad thing to realize this but I think it's bad to realize it at age sixteen that dudes don't just want the stick figure blonde girl with the huge tits and, and ass like that's not what everybody's bag is Especially a lot of dudes like men. thick women I was about to say a lot of dudes like thick women um, and she realized the demand for that especially just the amount of just creeps in general that will just pay for that kind of stuff and she's you gotta bang, bang, bang. <laughs> there you go pops <laughs> yes um, and there's so many dudes out there that was just pay top dollar to just be able to have her do that. And, it's, and we're not even talking about her doing like super raunchy shit. She's just dancing yeah. for these dudes. Um, or taking, and, or being even even more so. Oh, yeah. I think this is what <laughs> what's interesting because I'm like, there was no lane for this. This just goes to show you how yeah. out of touch we are. But like Facts. financial domination is mm-hmm. now a thing where mm-hmm. not just like, oh, I want to step on your balls. But it's like, hey, I'll call you like mistress. I, I need you. Like, shut up. You can't come till you give me a hundred dollars. And then the nigga like, <laughs> did you get that? Did the cash app? Oh! And she like, not yet. Nigga <laughs> explode. And then you're like, oh, you broke my rules. You gotta pay me a thousand dollars. Like, what the fuck is happening? Man. But this I will, is- man. 
I would say this to your point, E, about those lanes not existing when we were kids or but coming not, up and yeah. not knowingly. Yeah. There's lanes that like because in my in my nine to five and I'm I'm and I'm getting in circles in my nine to five where I'm around a lot of powerful people. Mm-hmm. And we act and I've been at conferences with these people. I've seen these people kind of let loose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's some weird motherfuckers out here yeah. that pay you got for money. a lot of weirdness. You got yes. money. And they don't care. They these are people with whole ass families, kids, yeah. all that mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. And, and when those inhibitions come down da- like come loose and it's it's like my one show billions. Uh the, the dude uh Chuck, he was like the, the attorney general. Of New York, and he like had a dominatrix. They used to beat his ass after he lost cases. <laughs> yep. Shit so when you man, and this, and this is why, I, like, and I always try to keep it humble, no matter how far or wherever I go, because I see what money and power. I'm starting to see what it yeah. does to yes. people. I'm like, yep. damn, you a weird motherfucker. Like, I, and it brings I'll out your weirdness. You my kids. Now you can you can afford to to buy whatever you want, and we, and we see how sick niggas is because they like and like you said. The, the thing is the callousness that they don't care. Yes, especially I when you're doing stuff care. detrimental. Like if you like can buy something, about. if you can buy anything like <laughs> legally, what's the fun in it? The whole point of when you don't have the money, the money, or you don't have that much money, is making enough money to get the thing that you want. When you have all the money and you can get anything, what can't you get? Yeah, that's that becomes the, yep. a, the forbidden the fruit. Right. Bad. So yep. again, just like the old school joke, like Chuck Norris has <laughs> sex with men, not because he's gay, because he ran out of women. <laughs> and it's like, oh, but so it's like, oh, okay. So there's dudes, and even these these are things that have been going around circles with like uh, the the barbershop talk of Will Smith in the sex parties with with so and so and and Diddy and Usher and all those niggas, the swingers and yeah, yeah all Allegedly. the crazy stuff. Exactly. That's what I said. The, Holly the, weird, the, the bar, that's what I said. The barbershop tales right. of how these things happen <laughs> because they're like, oh, these people are powerful. They have so much money and they could pretty much entertain or be with anyone. So what is it to like for us as we were growing up and going through adolescence? Yeah, getting a woman to like if a woman liked you, you felt special about that. But because she didn't know you for anything, so hopefully if it wasn't your complexion, as you guys would say, <laughs> it was your personality. <laughs> um, but in in that regard, if they already know you, if they grew up watching you and like, oh my gosh, this guy seems like the best guy for me. Every chick you meet it is just already in love with you, then you don't even know. Or because they know yeah. that you got money or you live a lifestyle. How do you know that they like you? So mm-hmm. therefore, that means nothing to you anymore because every time you just say, hey, you probably start running the same game. Hey, what's up? Explode next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you just continue and continue. So again, the that's money funny. aspect unleashes this. And th- I mean, that's honestly what Nate's dad was experiencing because mm-hmm. he was like, I, I have my family. We do the chili contest. We keep on, we put on airs and make sure everyone knows that we're this beautiful family but behind the doors i'm going to the far out motel to get me some bussy and that bussy (laughs) he had he had a hankering he was like so you know some people got a sweet tooth he had a a sweet tank tooth it's the it it is what it is like he he needed his thing some bussy smollet that shit is hilarious (laughs) i've never heard that one before Oh, you, oh, you ain't been around. Yeah, oh, that knows what it means, but it's provocative. Oh, they know. They know. If you know, you know. It's one of those. But um, yeah. So, 
Either, either way, the the whole season one kind of revolves around this story of um, Nate portraying another guy online and kind of cyber, not cyber bullying, more so like uh, catfishing. Cyber trolling, yeah. Yeah, like catfishing Jules to make her believe she's this other, or he's this other guy and she's that she's interested in. And she's kind of with Rue and it's just this weird dynamic. And Nate starts to, I think, kind of like her or be interested in her, but knowing that the dad has this connection with her. So it's all this mixture of things. And then she tells Rue that she slept with the dad. She's like, nah. And then you see a weird interactions. You know, like if you ever been in the club and you mm-hmm. done and you mm-hmm. see a girl with her husband or something like that, you look at her and y'all get that look. And then you see the nigga, and you're like, oh god, don't look at me. Right. I'm, I'm gonna smile. Like, Time to go, fellas. Right. Right. Like you you already know that they have a connection or that you and that person have a connection and, and that nigga gonna know. So it was one of those things. And I think that first season did a great job of like leaving us on the cliffhanger of not knowing uh one, what happened with Rue, if we were even getting another season, mind you. Cause we didn't know. Oh, okay. It seemed gotcha. like it was like, she just had a heart attack. She might've overdosed again. Cause it just ended on this beautiful note of like opera dancing and just felt very cinematic. Now, to pull you back, it was this when she tried the fentanyl? Is this what you're discussing or no? No, no, no. At okay. the very end. Gotcha. Where it was just okay. the, like, you just didn't know what was part. happening. Okay. Um, That's when, okay. I got you. Yeah. So you just didn't know. Cause you just start dancing and shit. You're like, okay, that's weird. But it was uh, a moment and it's like kind of how they described it, how the uh, creator described it. She ends up, uh, every time Rue does drugs, she kind of enters this world, like the metaphysical. And you, it's like this, um, I guess you would say a combination between, somewhere between the real world reality and like a dream state. So she on a thing, different plane. On a yeah, plane, plane of existence. Reality. Yep. And that's where she kind of meets. So you you don't know when she's going into these states because you just start seeing stuff and the way it's shot, it's very interesting. So you never know what's what. But it just gotcha. has this beautiful like sand off. So at season one, we didn't know what was happening. Season two starts off immediately with the character Fez and uh his brother Trey. And you find out, okay, they're not actually brothers. The grandmother made Fez like this, the gangster, because he's he's been the gangster the whole time. And you're like, oh, interesting. He sells drugs, blah, blah, blah. Cool. But then they start showing, like, no, his grandmother was always this. I think the dad punched him once or did something crazy. And then the grandmother was like, you ain't touching my kid no more. And she took the kid. So all these things mm. that you watch growing up. And I think the story, the show does a great job of taking a character that you may or may not have thought about, i.e., dear white people and really giving them backstory and making them a full realized individual gotcha so uh ba i do want to ask you from season one to season two what are your feelings like if you could give them a grade and just like a really quick grade if you will and like things that you might have liked more or less or, or or why so grade wise you talking about like the transition from season one to season two or the grade for season one versus the grade for season two yes okay the latter. um i would give season one an a minus okay i'd give season two a b 
Um, and the reason being is because, I mean, it's just, I go back to like, I'm a, you know, I'm a horror head. I go back to like this Halloween trilogy that's coming out right now. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone loved part one. People are still angry about kills. Yeah. <laughs> I.E. you and a little bit of me. But everybody's like, part three is what's going to pull it all together. Um, and that's <laughs> another episode. Nigga, they another jumped day. Michael Myers, dog. <laughs> it's over. It can't be 14 people. That's like, if you can't hang, you got to. And then a nigga just start oh, killing everybody. <laughs> stab, stab, stab. No, I, I'm not rocking. I, but I say all of that bring it together. because um, season three, which I found out will not be out for another two more years, um, is going to create this effect of um, kind of like for the for people that watch Game of Thrones um, coming to that final season. You're going to mm-hmm. have to feel like you got to watch everything again and then get right back into it because it's been so long. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's where I say, like, I give season two a B because they had to kind of give you that different. So they, I mean, I'd imagine that they probably would just do one more season of this and put a pin in it. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. They're not going to degrassi it and just introduce new kids <laughs> and they keep it going. Because I was, I had asked Taylor that I was like, you think they could just introduce a new crop of kids and just yeah, get her, her, all her over sister again? and and the little twin boys. Yeah, it's gonna be the twin niggas. Like yeah. Oh yeah, fuck, fuck those kids, man. They remind me. <laughs> they remind me of kids I coach. I'm, I, I coach football as well at the high school level, um, and I deal with a lot of kids like those twins. And I was yeah, just like. Fuck- Man, I, I was like, I would make those kids do up downs all fucking day if I saw those little bastards. Anyway, <laughs> the nigga was doing up downs in that chick's mouth. <laughs> yeah, they were. I was like, fuck those. Kids. You gotta bang, 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 bang. <laughs> but okay, so I mean, oh, we talked God. enough about season one. Season two, um, I think they did a bit of an exploration, more so on they changed some dynamics. They end up going deeper into the character like Fez where you didn't get much from him first season they gave you a lot more backstory on Nate's father and like actually mm-hmm. how he he came the whole be, episode which was fantastic I thought that was amazing what they did which was they showcased his father in a real light not like this just yeah closeted guy they he made him, him a real life character yeah him and his uh best friend were just like homies. They would do everything together. They was fucking chicks together. They was kicking it, but it would, they just had a love for each other. And then that kind of grew into them like exploring that. And I, I, I can't remember what happened essentially, but like they, oh, oh, that's what happened. So as they were getting to like, okay, we can like maybe explore this. He found out his girlfriend was pregnant with yep. which would have essentially be his brother uh nate's brother who was born and then nate of course but and to give you a little background nate's brother's like a fuck up he's the older fuck up and nate's like the shining star son that did everything right but secretly a fuck up and right. a psychopath or a sociopath one or two but <laughs> so you get that and i, I thought it was so well done because what they did from season one to season two was they wanted to take it because season one always had this like frenetic energy in the in the music and it's ah, ah. yeah and i was like it's so intense but well, i know something crazy about to happen season right. two they switched that dynamic and they kind of made it like snapshots so like if everybody was at a party and then you kind of just somebody turn and you get a, a snapshot of them and what they were doing at that particular moment and i think they try to do snapshots of everyone and then take their life and like we get to see interactions 
So one of the big things was uh, Nate and um, Nate and uh, what's the girl's name? Cassie? Not or, Cassie. Uh, her the original girlfriend. I forget her name. Oh, um, Mandy. Oh, Maddie. Yes. Maddie, that's her name. Yes, Maddie, sorry. the spicy, the spicy one. She's. Yes. It, they end up breaking up, and then they're broken up, and of course Nate is just like a wrecking ball of ridiculousness. So, and uh, they describe Cassie because her and her dude break up, and it's like, oh, you want to ride? And they're like both kind of, you know, heartbroken. But Nate just instantly looks at those tits and was like, mm, need those. And she's so heartbroken <laughs> for love because Cassie's father had like drug addiction too and kind of messed her up. So she's constantly seeking love in these men figures. So traditional daddy issues. Egg, I was like, exactly. So when you get that, you find out like, okay, now the whole crux of their season is they're fucking but Addie doesn't know and Maddie is a psychopath like the spicy one so she she would world star nigga in a minute facts and you facts. Will... she was ready you was just waiting for the moment the entire like oh. I'd say both seasons like when is she gonna shed like, all this light like, oh this shit this is about thing. to go right and along with that um what was the other highlights of this season I think the other highlight of the season was um, giving um Lexi, Cassie's sister, uh, a lot more to do because she was always quirky and fun. But I think this season, they really made sure that her and um, the opposite of track situ- situation happened with her and her Fez. And, Fez. Yeah. and Fez, Fezco being the drug dealer and her being like, oh, ha, 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 I'm just plucky and smart and quiet. And then like they have these moments, but they're both kind of like, um, situationally awkward. So even mm-hmm. as a drug dealer, cool drug dealer guy, he's not like, I guess, fucking hoes like that. And she's no. like, just, you know, she's interested in him and he's like one of the people that finally took notice in her rather than her sister with the breast for, for days. So it, it was an interesting dynamic watching her and their relationship explore. What was something that stuck out to you about season two that you like loved, that you think they nailed? Um, outside of the obvious last two episodes where Cassie becomes the main character and everybody else's side characters in her play, um, oh, I'd Lexi. say, yeah, yep. And I'd say the, the, the dive into like more of the side characters, um, was the biggest thing, like the biggest plus for me, um, mm-hmm. and kind of understanding the dynamic more like Ashtray and Fez and it's kind of like why Ashtray is the way he is. Like kids, like just don't give a fuck. Like when E Ray says, like this is literally like the Carter Three, Lil Wayne jumped out the album cover and came to life. Like it's, kids, it's like two thousand, it's like two thousand six. Low put in a little mini Hispanic kid's body for no like he got guns. <laughs> this nigga just be like, nigga, I'll kill a nigga right now. Right. And he as does. soon as he hears some shit go off, <laughs> Spoiler like, alert. he does. Wow. Yes. Oh, he, he bought puts that in shit. the wet works. He bought John that Wick. life, man. Uh, um, it's funny, the irony, he fucked the same dude up that he ends up killing in seasons one and two. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he's a wild boy. And like yeah, 100%. <laughs> like 12 or some shit. Um, but no, I think I like that they like I, I will say this, like I'm not wondering any questions from like season one to season two. Like everything's been answered for me leading to season 
three whenever that happens it's more just like all right where do we go from here from where this season ended because there's a lot of things that happened at that last episode that they leave you for cliffhangers for of course to come back to the next season but all the answers or questions that you had from season one like maybe like the, the different outs and ends are all plugged in like you said um nate's dad's uh cal his episode was pretty um uh, eye-opening um to get a better understand their full dynamic and watching his whole meltdown um you get you get some real sympathy for that dude um when you hear what he said even though he's a piece of shit for how he did it and the way he kind of <laughs> exposes his secret to his family is wild like i just keep oh, on hilarious yeah all i could hear in my head like is the older brother saying dad your dick is out like <laughs> 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 the foyer. I was just about I to say that, like, head. yeah, put your goddamn <laughs> cock away. I don't want to see it anymore. Me neither. He can't piss on all of us. Oh, He's just sitting there. I'm right gay, there everybody. <laughs> Good night. What? Daddy, don't go. I'm out this bitch. I hate you all. I'm going to have right. sex with a man. About to go give oh. me some pussy. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It's it gets gross. the people it, going. It's... Um, you you um, <laughs> you were missed to mention as far as Nate goes and these tapes that his dad was um videotaping. Nate, when he was like ten or eleven, discovered these tapes, yeah. and we're talking about coping. And as you get older, where do you do with this stuff? Where do you put it at? Rage. Exactly, 100%, man. So, Matt, I can't even imagine. I can't even take myself out of my 35-year-old body, go back to my 11-year-old self, and what I would have done if I would have saw that. Um, wouldn't know what I, like, as far as just, like, seeing my dad fuck dudes, that would blow my mind. <laughs> like, that's what he saw. Like, that's... <laughs> wouldn't even know how to do that. I'll right. just wait. He just took it from the 10-yard line and punched that bitch in. He's like, yeah, man, I don't even know if I was my young. Go back down, baby. See my dad right. put kids. Right. That's wild, man. So I like season two does a good job of explaining everybody's rage and why they are the way they are. Um, from rule on down. I, I agree. And I also I think one of my favorite episodes uh of the of the season, I want to get into that, was the episode that showed um because I think one of the main storylines or plot devices of this season was Rue is no longer trying to stay well for her girlfriend. She has now found a gentleman that she can do drugs with and be herself with. So they're just doing all the drugs and she is completely relapsed and she's just running amok. My favorite episode is, well, it's kind of two parts. It's first her on like a drug high and it's like shows the manipulation and mm-hmm. uh excuse me just what she went through she broke into people she was on some crackhead time she broke into yeah. some motherfuckers house found a safe uh start like limping and she's having cramps because her body is like giving out on her oh. she's going through withdrawals this does oh. ha- this but there's a lot to this e this she's doing all this stuff because she got in the game she got in a drug oh, yeah. game sure, sure 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 but yeah. just saying as far as this this what it meant to me was because she had been doing so many like so much copious amounts of drugs Mm. that she is now like coming down and the withdrawals they say are worse than doing the drugs themselves which i I I found from dope sick so she's like i'd rather be high and i gotta get high somehow in order Mm. to keep my body from because the pain is getting me so it's starting to catch up with me it's kind of like a specter 
It's just mm. like if you ever seen one of those movies where people are running, like it follows, and it's like this fucking thing is just following you. That's what it is, but it's like the monkey on your back. So the sweats mm-hmm. and and the pains, the cramps, Getting and all that mean stuff. as hell to people she loves. And, and she's on opioids, so she's like blocked up, so mm-hmm. she can't shit. So that's why I shirt her organs is hurt she holding her side there's so many things that's happening but she's also running from the police running from people breaking in a house it's the wildest episode you'll see mm-hmm. and then the next episode is after she did all this to keep her secret uh her dude that he wanted to make sure she stayed alive that she was doing all the drugs with told told her mom wow and and she's like having a tantrum and she is going breaking the door down I mean, maybe, but maybe that saves her life. Who knows? Yeah. But still, again, told. yeah, exactly. We're doing drugs together, my guy. Like, hey, right? <laughs> Keep telling, telling yourself, you bitch ass nigga. Yeah, like, trying to heal my heart with a song. Fuck <laughs> you. All right, all right. But Fuck yeah, he he just um, <laughs> he told, and then the, you see her like going in at her mom and her sister, and it's Ooh, traumatic because I've, I've experienced. I don't know if y'all have experienced that, but I've experienced a level of like drug and alcohol abuse in my family and i've seen like the manipulation and like mm-hmm. just totally different people. the gaslighting and and, and, and or just seeing like watch. how the violent swings of they can be the nicest person and then be completely the worst it's like a baby so, with a bottle as soon as you give them what they want then they, oh yeah man you know i'm sorry i had to get yeah, like yeah, that yeah, it's just sorry. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right like, so just that's a little nip just seen. a little nip that's all yeah so that's what you got to see with her essentially and i thought zendaya's acting took it to the next level because the way she was like spazzing out on everybody and it was so much raw emotion and then her like picking her life back up from that moment like i felt oh, yeah. everybody it was so real i was like if you don't watch anything else i would recommend watching those two episodes because it's it's just incredible you don't even have to know what else is going on you will just be entertained if you jump in right there and just watch it like she deserves an this Emmy. Crazy. Oh, she absolutely. absolutely deserves an Emmy for she was probably. I mean, there's a lot of good actors and actresses on that show, but she shows why she has one name. Like, you know, range. if you have one name, you know you a badass, like Prince. Or <laughs> I was gonna say that Prince. <laughs> right. If her name is just Zendaya. Like she's 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 a great. Is that <laughs> she proved why everybody's like talking about her, why she's just like kind of like that it chick right now when it comes to like just movies and just that whole celebrity world. So Which- she earned her flowers. Which to Good. me, I would say is another reason why I loved her more in the movie uh, that got much maligned by everybody else who also was created by the same creator of Euphoria, Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, I thought that, I remember that movie was incredible. I need to go was, see that. It's just, a, it's literally like, and BA, you're married, so you'll know this. It's like an argument. It's mm-hmm. just one long fucking argument, but that's Ooh. how you're... Your night can be sometimes when you're in a relationship. Yes. Sometimes you just got a long ass fucking, and then you and then you everybody leave the room. People. Everybody leaves and then comes back and start it oh, up yeah. again. And then you get another thing. Yeah, you go outside to, to, to smoke and try to. She come outside oh. and argue with you. Yes. Then you she go into the bathroom Look, and you, you ain't got come nothing back. else to do. As soon as we done with this pot, pop that shit on because it is incredible. And I would say when you're watching it, so many people got triggered because they're like, <laughs> and then they were just so toxic. And I'm like. I think you're you're resenting what you see of yourself in these people because that mm-hmm. is real life. And that's what I appreciate about a lot of Euphoria and uh, Malcolm and Marie. You've seen a lot of like 
it wouldn't be just like okay we say some harsh shit then like all right baby i love you me too and that's it it's legitimately oh i was here but you said something that triggered me so fuck that <laughs> and then you start to deviate so mm-hmm. i i would say i recommend that for real and i think her range there and euphoria of course are so much better than that of maybe a spider-man where she kind of just uh, and she she's very dull and i don't think they give her enough to do but that, that's just a personal that's yeah and that's mary jane though bro i didn't see far from home yet but i just know the character mary jane is not supposed to be like some exciting she's kind of like boring so nah, i don't <sighs> from the from the from the comic book or at least the cartoon I would disagree because she was an actress and she sung and shit. Okay, like, all right. I'll just meant like they always just they always she's like a tomboy, just... boring to like. I talk very melodramatic. I'm not excited about anything. Spider-Man okay, is my boy. Fair friend. enough. It's like fair enough. You got more range than that, though. Like I shoot won't... your spider webs in me. I, I won't give like, a full scene until I see it. I can't what? say anything. Yeah, I just see? always have looked at her as a more boring character. Mary gotcha. Jane, that is. But gotcha. No. But anywho, uh, moving through this this season and whatnot, um, I think they they actually brought back. So I just want to talk about some of the cool things about this season that I really like. They brought back a film grade. Like I don't know if you noticed that, but the film that it was shot on mm-hmm. is very particular. It's an like old school film grade that doesn't even exist anymore. They paid lots of money to bring this back just to shoot the show on, and it gave it that really specific kind of grainy uh, light look that looks yep. like nothing else on TV right now. And yeah. I was like, that looks beautiful. And things it's like, like the that. vibe of like, if you're looking at an old picture that came to life. Yes. Yeah. And that shit it's is kind of reminded incredible me of. to me. And I was like, oh, I love this so much. So that was one of the things I loved. Um, another thing I loved is the fact that they, they brought Labyrinth to my life. I didn't know who the fuck Labyrinth was until I, Come on, I heard David Bowie's Labyrinth? No, the guy, it's an artist named Labyrinth. He does all oh. the music for this show. Got he also you. sung the, he sings the, but he also sung the end song of, uh, on this, you. on the last episode. That was him singing that with her in there. And he's on Pusha T's album as well. With, uh, right. Pusha T and, uh, and Malice and Labyrinth. Learn something new oh. myself. Gotcha. So <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like Ludwig to Gambino. This is, yes. gotcha. Great, got great you. job, great job. Um, yeah, so honestly, I, I I could talk about the show forever because it's so in depth. I think we can me, me personally, and I'll, I'll leave y'all with this so we can wrap this up a bit, um, and maybe we'll come back and talk about like season three, a little bit of just pieces of other things. But um, I really think if like let's say, who do you think this show is for? I think I'll I'll start there. Ba. Good question, E. Um, I think honestly, if anybody watched this show with like without a um, a viewpoint of judgment before walking into it, if they just took it for what it was supposed to be, I think anybody could learn something from this. Like anybody could take something from it because if you have a family at all, you have one of these characters in your life. Um, whether it's a Rue, whether it's a Jules, whether it's a Nate, whether it's a Cassie, I go on and on. Right. Everybody knows at least one of these types of people. 
Um, so I can say that it should be for everybody, but as far as a demographic who was made for, mm-hmm. I honestly think it's made for that 18 to 35, 40 bubble because of the shock that it caused to like people that are over the age of like 25. <laughs> And then the intrigue that I'm sure created for like kids that are in high school. Think about if you was in high school and you knew about a show on HBO that was like this. I my ass would be watching it. I already know high school BA and, and how perverted I was. I've been on it. hundred <laughs> percent. So that's what I think the show is for. But that's what makes it so dope is that anybody, if they just watch the show and cut it on, yeah, it's gonna be shocking. But if you just take it and understand these characters, you'll learn something from it, I think. I, I a thousand percent agree. Um, I think I've, I've told different people to watch it. It's probably been my favorite show on TV, the way it's shot and like the interactions, like like a crash, but in a melodramatic younger setting. So with these interpersonal relationships, this shit, the same shit I love about trash TV, but given in a more intellectual setting and then being shot beautifully is something that I, I really cherish in this show. Um, low mm-hmm. with your knowledge about the show and what we've talked about today who do you think the show is aimed towards and or for um, I think to, it should be to the parents because I think this gives good mm-hmm. context into like the world that our kids is going to grow up in this is shaping and altering that and it's bringing conversations to the forefront that we need to be able to speak to kind of to what you said earlier like um, we don't need to be able to teach them everything, but we need to be equipped to like help them navigate through what they go through, right? And if we close off to this and we lean on, you know what I'm saying, like what we grew up with and, and what our parents grew up with, that's not the world and that's not where the world is going. So this gives context into what's going on with these kids. So I think it's oh, important. So Absolutely. fucking true. So true, love. Absolutely. And and I was gonna I agree with you a thousand percent. And that's where I was going to go with it because mm-hmm. I think for me, uh, I know one of the popular podcasts, uh, Joe Button was always like really critical of this show. Like, I don't give a fuck about kids. I don't want to see these <laughs> damn kids doing kid shit. I was like, that's that's not, you should probably want to watch this because you have kids right. and mm-hmm. you get to see like when you're very callous because it's so easy for us to dismiss mm-hmm. shit. Like that's been a, uh, a big headline in the news recently of Willow talking about how Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, dismissed her anxiety and her uh, feelings and she things. She did with that to Will. Struggles. <laughs> she did, but she did to her own kid. Of course, she did. To yeah, Will. that's like, that Baltimore man. That here, motherfucker. But she did that to Jay, or excuse me, to Willow because she's like, Let me teach my kids seen... how to pull drive-bys. <laughs> no, she's like, I seen people die. People that I love died. What did you do? Go through? And she's like, Mom, I have anxiety. My like I feel crazy about stuff, and she just dismissed it. So again, mm-hmm. these things like it would you still got to respect that us. your kids go through that stuff, even if it's right. not the stuff that you even if through. it's not the stuff that you go mm-hmm. through, you should yeah. always be respectful and and then try to think about like what it would feel like and see like okay, well y'all went through this, but we had to go through this, so yeah. I can see why like putting myself in your shoes back in the day, we would be scared if like oh shit we get embarrassed in school mm-hmm. now the embarrassment doesn't have to be stopped at school it, now anything happened outside of school yep. and then it gets shared around and now it and now it's there. it lives up there forever always... yep exactly so that's what i mean i think it was it's a great tool for parents and maybe to watch not necessarily with your kids kids but i think 18 through so kids mm-hmm. it's appropriate for 
15, maybe, maybe not. But if you're gonna have, if you let them watch stuff, you can have that discussion with them. Gotcha. Because then it won't like um, glorify it per se, but it's more so like if if they're open to talking about it, because like, yeah. oh, I got a, I have, I know a transgender person in my class or or so and so that does this. And you're like, oh, really? Like, how do they? And it just gives you a little bit more insight into their world. So that's that's where I'm, I am with it. Um, but I do want to kind of wrap this up. It's it, we could talk about Euphoria forever because there's so many good elements yeah. to it. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the show. I will be watching for a, a season three. I like uh, the things that the gentleman. Um, oh, I wish I, I Sam somebody or I something. Got you. Yeah, I, I wish I knew his name. Sam Levinson is his name. Sam Levinson, yeah. He made that, and he made another movie I re- recently just watched. I cannot remember, but they do a lot of A24 stuff. So oh, that's uh, why it's so great. That's such yes. an up and coming film studio, man. That's that's yes. like my. I love them. They pretty I'm much make studio. any of the stuff. They're like, oh, this shit went. We ain't making this. They're like, oh, we'll make it. <laughs> so. Uh, they made uh, Uncut Gems and then my one movie uh, about the the boy and the girl and the family. All the weird shit they have. I can't remember what this show is called. I think it's like Wings or Win, something like that shit. I don't know. Either way, show is good. I like Sam Levinson. I love what they're doing. I think HBO hit it out the park with finding this. Drake hit it out the park with finding this. But speaking of finding things, VA, let the people know where they can find you, my man. Yes, sir. Um, you can find me every Friday um, with the uh, wrestling fellas at uh, Let Me Book the Territory. Um, I also shadow run their Twitter page <laughs> at Let Me Book Pod um, because I personally do not have any social media. So just doing my fellas a solid and keeping it going so they can keep their own individual pages going. And then also started a recent a. Um, Cavs podcast, one of our co-hosts on the uh, wrestling podcast um, called I-71 Fast Break. Uh, We've only a couple episodes in on that, so if you like to hear a bunch of dudes talk about Cleveland sports and talk shit about each other, um, come check it out. But that's what's going on in uh, BA's life. Fuck you, Cavs! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck LeBron, or I love LeBron. I miss him. You know, a lot of of just uh, talk like that. So yeah, I miss him. My jersey is still burnt. No, I still wear it. Hey, hey, hey LeBron, hey. I, I, I miss your wife. I, miss I, I, I like a uh, responsible person. Just took my LeBron jersey to the Goodwill. I did, I didn't burn Damn. it or do anything. I still got my LeBron stuff. jersey in my closet from when my mom bought it for me in 2003. I'm a real. One. I couldn't do it. Either. I had an all black one, all black LeBron jersey with white lettering outside on the trim. Just I, I I had to give it away. I'm sorry I gave it away when he came back, but 2008, 2009, I couldn't look at it, bro. It was in my closet. Like I got to get rid of this. Like See, I'm, I am always for the, the for the player, never the team. I don't trust the business. The decision hurt me, man. That was hard to watch. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, that shit was I, hard I, to I watch. Did. It was like your girl just going on stage, like, "Hey, nigga, look at this." We got getting real. It's like yo yo May live from high school getting railed on national television. Change your heart. Watching it. <laughs> She flipped the side off. I mean, hey, hey so if, if I was if I was cheating on her, I wasn't being the right man. I, I guess I understand. That's what that's all Fair I'm enough. Saying. As but, a Cleveland, and we weren't good to him the first time around. But E-Ray, back to you. Where can people find you, sir? Uh <laughs> for me, you can find me at the the Twitters at E underscore R A Y the hipster, talking about my favorite two subjects, Twitter, Twitter, filth, 
and wrestling. I love them both dearly. Uh, you also can find me at E underscore R-A-Y underscore the bad guy on Instagram doing cool shit, posting cool pics of my shoes and my gadgets and all my fancy life, but do not come test me because I will kill you. That's just how it is. Thanks <laughs> and butter, baby. Don't test me. Um, other than that, though, you can find me at Let Me Book the Territory with BA himself, J-Mo, and A-Dub. We be rocking, and we're going to talk about some of the coolest things coming up probably in a week and a half, because I'm going to be out next week, because I ain't going to Oh, no. Um, <laughs> besides that, Inaudible Ruckus is, is the home. It's the label that pays me. We know how we get down over here. It's like, if you don't want niggas all up in your videos, you just need a producer. <laughs> Welcome to Inaudible. You feel me? Sug out here, bro. Y'all make sure. Hey, facts. Uh, what, never mind. I was about to make a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> y'all can follow me at Skeet Gross. You can also follow Inaudible Ruckus. That's Inaudible Ruckus underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, like E-Ray said, man, just subscribe. Inaudible Ruckus podcast everywhere where podcasts are. We got Binge Flicks and Chill, as you're listening to now. We got the Skeeters, and then we got the main pod. We got more spinoffs mm-hmm. coming, so y'all just, you know what I'm saying, stay tuned. Go to inaudibleruckus.com slash shop. Copy some merch. Go to inaudibleruckus.com slash naturally nay for the hair moisturizer duo. And then also go to midnightclubmerch.com for the wolf merch, man. We in this thing. Hell yeah. And Bench Flicks and Chill merch coming soon. Be on the lookout for that. But until then, guys, if you love copious amounts of sex, (laughs) drugs, and lots of dicks, apparently, because that's just what's all splattered throughout this show, uh, go check out Euphoria. And if you want to laugh some more, uh, follow us for some more tunes, because here we come with another episode of Bench Flicks and Chill. We out of here. Bitch ass nigga. Is searching for. <laughs>